0: Thank you people this week and uh, we started the campaign and let me just let you um, know that a lot of churches in the month of June are doing similar stuff to us. The stewardship of God's house and the stewardship in general of of your life, your resources unto God. We do that in June because it's the end of the financial year. It's coming to the end of the financial year. And in doing that, we, we, at th- this time around, I think it was the first week of June, we brought in uh, Andrew Coates. And didn't he do an amazing job? Can I have his little booklet, please? Can someone run that down? It's only $10. It's at the information desk. But we did that because tithing tithing is a kingdom principle alluding to an eternal principle. A t- kingdom kingdom principle alluding to a kingdom, a kingdom, let me get this right, tithing, beautiful, tithing is a kingdom practice, a kingdom principle alluding to a kingdom principle. Did I say that right? I'll get it right. I've got it in my notes. Um. Giving to Jesus so we 've got to start making Jesus first you can't you can 't do this Christian life if you don 't make him first in your life in your worship in your walk with God in your family in your household he 's got to be first in your resources, in your giving. He's got to be first because that provides you a foundation to build off. I'm really big on foundations because I've built weirs and dams, and I've built my own house, and I made sure my foundations, and these foundations, in fact, uh, you wouldn't believe. They've dug a hole at each pier. They've drilled down, Bill, six meters, it rammed a tree to pine post, uh, seven meters long, down and then capped it with concrete and then we peered off. I said, what? why do we have to go to that expense? Because of the ground. It's actually, if you go about two meters down, it gets really sandy and just watery and it's garbage. It's not real good. So the engineer said, no, your foundation's got to be right. And, and so we're here forever, guys. Look at that steel. (laughs) That ain't going anywhere. (laughs) And the foundation. So we threw some, uh, Jeff, through my old Bible, my old revival Bible that I did revival with. And I threw that in one of the holes before the concrete truck turned up. And then we threw some Gideon's Bibles in. And uh, we did that just as a prophetic thing. So we've got the Word of God in the foundations. Because the foundations are, is the Word of God. That's why you need the Word of God. That's your foundation of faith. Good intentions is great. Oh, this is so lovely. This is wonderful. But no, that's not going to help when the storms come yeah. and when someone uh, asks you to lay hands on the sick or, 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 or do something quite traumatic like believe in the vision that God has for the planet. You won't cope with it. You won't, they won't let me have my blue bottle. They said it doesn't look good in the photos. My blue... <laughs> said You're not taking that up anymore. They're not, and you're not taking your Tupperware bottle up anymore. I've got it, I've got it, because we get sponsored by these guys. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Thank you for the people that um, are, are giving their tithe. We're seeing the tithe go up. The tithe basically is how the church is maintained um, worldwide, ev- ev- all over the world right now. Churches are taking up tithes, and, and that's basic, that's a basic almost obligation. It's His, the Bible says, it's His tithe, it's not ours to give, it's ours to return. And so we, we give that to the Lord, uh, and, and in that, the Bible says, the, 90, the rest, the 90% is holy, and, and, and the hand of God comes on that 90%, and of course, it seems to go further when you've got the Lord... ...on that 90%, when you try and hold on to the 100%, or, or the total 100%, you, you, it seemingly doesn't go far enough. And your washing machine keeps breaking down, or your car keeps blowing up. And, but, but the Bible says, if you give and don't rob God, it says in Malachi chapter 3, seemingly our washing machine, I'm looking at, it's only just starting to falter now. Although I know it's a Maytag, we bought a very good washing machine. But we've had that for 20 years, and it's still going? And the dryer, it's still going. It's hardly cost us anything for servicing. And I know people constantly—sorry, that might be you—they're just breaking down and you know buying another one every five years. But if you get quality and you pray over it, and, and you get the hand of God on your stuff, that's why I pray for all your belongings. Get car when you buy a second-hand car. Say like, this is God's car now. He he owns this car thank you, I'm a steward of it, I'm a steward of it, but this is the Lord's, would you preserve it, Lord, would you stop it from breaking down and costing me, do you know what I'm saying, this is your house, yes, it's my house, and you've heard the revelation, I stood back after building my house, and I looked back, and I said, why can't I just have that real good color bond moment, when I can look at my house and say, I'm so proud of this house, and the Lord said to me, it's not your house, it's mine. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And the world and all who live in it is the Lord's. But we can still be chuffed because he gives us the desires of our heart. And we can have those colourbond moments when we look at stuff like Bill and Lil, their house that's been renovated. So wonderful to see that house at Berkeley out overlooking the water. And isn't it great to see our friends? They're not here today. They're probably at their mansion. Uh, Shane and Chrissy... They've, they've, man! What I know, they're such generous givers, and the, yeah. and the, you can't outdo God, you can't outgive God, and so they've actually gone from a very nice place to a very, very nice place, uh, way closer. So we will visit them a lot more. Gonna have a church barbie, are we? On their two and a half acres, pool. I don't know. Can I just tell you? Can I be honest with you? The people I know that get this stuff, that understand that they are just stewards of their time, their talent, their treasure, they're just stewards, God's given it to you. And, and, and the people that understand that and are, are honest, integral and responsible and do their life according to what God would say, how they would use their time, their talent, their treasure. Because I think that's how we're supposed to live life. We're supposed to be very circumspect of how we use our time, how we use our talent, and how we use our treasure. And the people that I see that get that right, it's absolutely true that I see them blessed. I see their families blessed. I see their lives blessed. And I see a great fulfillment. I see a real satisfaction on them that they are doing what God would want them to do with their life. And so I now have to stand in front of the people of God and say, Church. And as I used to say to the boys at Mount Penang Juvenile Justice Center, the boys that were in there for overdue library books and more, I used to say to them, Boys. So dormitory, 30 lads. And I used to stand out the front of them and I said, Boys if you want a late night, if you want weekend leave, get with the program. Get with the program. And you know what? The crazy thing was, the worst criminals got that. They were intelligent enough to get with the program. So they got all the benefits. And actually, the murderers and that got all the benefits. And then the guys with the overdue library books, they were just making crazy, stupid mistakes all the time. And, and they had no no benefits they were always being locked up and no pizza for you no pizza for you and uh, and uh you know it, it just shows that there is some smarts in this there you got you got to get the wisdom wisdom will build a house wisdom will build your 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 life your family your business wisdom okay they're not letting me be late this morning they've They've got stuff to do, surprises, things to do, places to go. Father in heaven, let's pray. Father, we we want to be encouraged, we want to be stirred up in our hearts to be participators, contributors to the vision. Vision, without vision we perish, the Bible says in Proverbs, meaning redemptive vision. If we don't see redemptive vision of the gospel, we won't support it. If we don't see redemptive vision of the word of God, we won't go to it. We won't believe in it. We won't accept it as the truth. Lord, if we don't have redemptive vision for your church, we won't give to it. We won't serve it. We won't love it and support it. Lord, if I don't have redemptive vision for my family, I will just let them languish and 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 just be and just be compromised of an any old how life. but Lord, I believe that each one of us are here on purpose for a reason, for a season, for such a time as this. Amen. So, welcome to Vision Builders Month, Uh, we're going to share how we got here, I just need to do that, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to move quickly, I'm just going to move along quickly, and I'm going to talk about how we provided space, and, and how we provided space for ourselves, but how we want to provide space for our community, and all the new people coming in, the visitors, and if everyone was here, in fact, with everyone that we know is away, for good reasons, we've got a lot of our good team away, and others away, In fact, if everyone was to come to the house, I don't think we'd have enough chairs, in fact. I think we're getting to that place. In fact, uh, I think we've got more room for children than adults at this stage. So I'll read you a scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, and I love this, and I started it with this last week, "'Therefore, my beloved brethren,' Uh, Be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor, say labor, in the Lord is not futile, it is never wasted or to no purpose. So Vision Builders is an invitation to purpose, the purpose of the church. And I just feel like I need to tease out to help people again, what is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of this space that God has given us? God gives each one of us time and space. He gives it to you in the allotment of time, in the days in which you live. He gives you time and space, but then he gives you faith, faith to live by, that will tackle these big subjects called space, your personal space. What are you going to do with your personal space? What are you going to do with the the space of your heart? Hmm. You're going to let it get banged up and confused and offended, or you're going to keep it sanctified, sweet, and ready for God to use and flow through. What are you going to do with the space of your car? I've been in some cars. Someone like, Pastor Phil, I'll give you a lift. And I've had to climb through the pizza boxes, the Kentucky and the milkshake. And, and, and oh, it's not really like that. No, it's okay. I can deal with this, pushing it all back. And. So that was that was a low blow for some people. Sorry, <laughs> everyone's going to clean their car this week. Everyone's going to clean their car. Um, what about your space of your home? What about your space of your home? What do you, those rooms, the, the, the lounge room, what do you allow to filter into your lounge room through your TV set? <laughs> some things are... Absolutely diabolical. If you want hell to enter into your house, find just quite easily, find a channel, just flick it, you'll find something and you'll just have the sewage pouring into your lounge very quickly. What do you do with the space of your house? Ooh, okay, so what do you do now with the space that God has given you through your church, through your community, what do you do with the church space? that God has given you? Do you look around and say, thank you, God, for this space? Thank you that we're not in those tent days with C3 Thank you that we've got solid walls. Thank you, God. Because one thing God taught us in the five years of being in the tent, we value a solid roof. Yes. You know what? I, I, when I was growing up, I always lived under a solid roof. I lived in a brick house. My dad built a brick house before anyone had brick houses in our suburb in the west of the suburbs, and, and it was insulated. So brick means insulation. Concrete tiles means insulation again. And I'd I just never been in a fibro house with a tin roof where you're shivering and cold, and you, and, 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 and if, the, if the wind blew too hard, it'd lift the whole roof off. And then, then it got more dramatic, the lesson that the Lord wanted me to learn, by living in a tent for five years. That when the wind blew, the tent would... I 'd literally have to stop preaching and go okay guys it's all right it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be all right and, and the guys would be running around sh- pulling the straps down and, and banging in the pegs because the peg got ripped out, and the pole broke and snapped and But one day we Tims laughed one day we couldn't catch it was too late, and we got down here, Bill, and the tent was in its death throes. Six poles had blown out, smashed and broken in half. And we tried to save it as men do; men are up to that stuff, but we realized Frank was with us that we have to pull this tent down in the gale force winds coming out of that valley across the we said we 've got to pull it down there's no way we, we can't we can 't save this ship and we We pulled it down, bundled it over you know wrapped it up but before that in in one of the in one of the um, the efforts to try and fix the tent, the wind came up under the tent, and it used to have about six whirly birds on it. And the, tent, the wind went under the roof like that, and the roof went taut like that. And, and then the whirly birds, six whirly birds, went flying <laughs> off the roof, literally across the paddy. And we went, No, we gotta pull this down. We gotta pull and then then the, And then it hailed. And so, when it, you know we put it back up, and people would have to, if they wanted to read their Bibles, would have to put their umbrella up in the in the service to read their Bibles, so their Bibles didn't get wet. And then it was so cold at night, nobody had come out. One night I counted 17 people. We're for you, Pastor Phil. Come on, lead us on. We can do this. Yeah. Guys, I don't think I can do this anymore. But we did it old school. We did it old school. And we found that God seekers were God builders, they were vision builders. They weren't fair weather friends. The greatest thing about vision builders is that everyone can be involved building God's house. Vision builders is not about equal giving but equal sacrifice what we can build is limited or unlimited based on our ability to form together and that's been our story guys for 22 years i'll paraphrase this message and i'll crunch it down to my heart for the house basically so i talked about vision and i just for the visitors, and I think it's powerful to know for your personal life, even if you never come back. You've got to understand, without vision, you'll perish. Another version says you dwell carelessly. Another version says you go wild. Another version says you're ungovernable. When we try and put you into a team, no, I don't care. I don't want to. I remember soccer, going up to soccer eight, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and, and the, the, the coach would be selecting and the parents had forced their kids up there to the field to be chosen into the soccer team. And, and little Johnny going, I don't want to play. I'm not, yeah, my parents, I don't care what they think. I'm not going to be part of your team. And the others were just biting at the bit to play soccer. And it's like that in church. There's some that want to serve, give, love, worship, go with this. And they're so I don't care what you're trying to do. I'm not coming I'm not giving. So Miles Monroe says, it has been said, eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. Vision is a function of the heart. There's no greater source of hope and confidence than that of vision. Every great act that has positively impacted human history was a result of Vision. Vision is the key to unity, the magnet for commitment, and the motivational stimulus for personal and corporate discipline, says Miles Munro. See, without vision, you're not disciplined how you spend your money. You just buy anything. Oh, what about this? Yeah, let's buy that. Woo! Why'd we buy that for? Because you got excited, and I thought it was great, and do we really need that? No. When you got discipline, you're careful with your money, aren't you? No, I want to feed my kids. I I want them to have good dental treatment. I I want them to send them to good school. I'm not going to buy some flaky thing out here. I don't care how many leaflets they drop in. You know, I'm getting leaflets. I'm sure I'm getting about this many leaflets. I just pull them. I just, just take them out of the letterbox, and I just put them in the garbage bin. I don't even take them into the house anymore. I don't want your garbage. I've got a TV set, I've got a washing machine, I've got this stuff. What more do I want? Thank you, Jesus. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29:18. Where there's no revelation of redemptive plans. Proverbs 19:21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is. God's purpose that prevails. I say purpose. God is a God of purpose. He sent you here on purpose. We are here on purpose. Your life is built on purpose. Your life can suit a totally, absolutely wonderful purpose on planet Earth. You are not dysfunctional. You're not exempt. You're not a square peg in a round hole. we just got to give you understanding. Uh, We've lost understanding of our purpose. The world's confused us, uh, meddled with our thoughts, And and now we don't know that we're supposed to worship God, that we're supposed to be generous. The world teaches us to be stingy. The world teaches us not to trust anyone, even God. Don't trust that there is a God. We've lost all understanding of how to be the creation we are. Then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has even conceived, the things has God has prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2.10. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit, His Holy Spirit. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God in your heart. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You don't know yourself, you don't know the purpose of God until the Holy Spirit gives you the heads up. So I say to you, what is God saying to humanity? He's saying this, make room in your heart for my son Jesus. That's the gospel, that's our great commission. That's our number one priority, to try and give a magnificent expression of who Jesus is and why your neighbor and mine and your unsaved friend and all your friends and family members and why my 50 new DNA friends, why they need Jesus. Help me, why do I need him? Well, I hope you can answer that. I hope you can give them a good Testimony in faith, hope, and love of why they need Jesus, the one who hung on a cross 2,000 years ago for the great reward of your salvation. Amen? So we got to make room in our hearts for Jesus. We got to love our enemies, Jesus says even now. I got to love my enemies now. What sort of religion is this? I got to love my enemies. I got to love my neighbor. Love thy neighbor, but keep the hedges up, guys. I said to my neighbor once, my Anglican friend, yeah, it does say that. It says, love your neighbor, but keep the hedges up. She thought that was wonderful. She thought that was so funny, Tim. I'm making room for my neighbor. I'm making room for community. We prayed for Emma McBride the other day. She came into the minister's gathering. We were praying A businessman who's a Christian says, I'm going to bring Emma in, in a moment. Pray for her. She needs some prayer. Well, if it happens, it happens. But, you know, it's a bit awkward. Is she a believer? Does she know God? Will she be offended? You know, will that be politically correct? I'm not sure. But in she came. This is Emma, local member. This is the pastors of the local region. And quickly, but surely... A door flung open of opportunity whereby I said, do you know what, Emma? We'd love to pray for you. And we did for about a good minute or so. We prayed lots of good prayers over her, and she was really touched and blessed. And Julie said she was visibly blessed uh, in that. So we made room for Emma, the local MP. Can you make room for people like that in your life during the week? Amen. And then God says, I want you to make room, I want you to make room, provide room, build room, a space where my sheep, my lost sheep, the Bible says the people of his pasture can come into the hospitality of his love through the friendliness at the door, the royal reception, I hope you got a royal reception at the door. I'm sure you did. The atmosphere that is crackling with anticipation and with faith, hope, and love in, the, in that atmosphere. Man, they're realizing. Julie went to the, to the, uh, spoke to the youth in the yards on Friday night. And she got home and I said, what was it like? She said, you know what? It's amazing what they're doing down there. Providing those, especially those young hearts, those ones that are 10 and 11 that are coming from homes. 10 to 17. 10 to 17. Young hearts, young girls with, with horrible, horrible fathers maybe, yelling and screaming and, 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 and terrible situations at home and fatherless generation and all that stuff. And they can come to this space, this space, the pasture of His love. Is that enough to get you over to the line to support the local church whereby it can be a place where God can bless his people? Psalm 91 verse 1 says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91 verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. But I love this, Ezekiel says, it talks about these sentiments of sheep and needing to find a pasture. Ezekiel 34 verse 11 says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock, I was scattered. Man, if you saw me in the 70s, I was scattered, man. I was out in the back paddocks of life. I was getting mauled by animals and dogs and wolves and Why am I getting mauled all the time? I just want to party. Why am I getting sick? and Why am I, the stuff happening? Because I was out in the back paddocks. I didn't have the good shepherd in my life. Amen? As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock, that was Jesus after me. He is with them. So will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. A bit like today Maybe. Verse 13, I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I'll bring them into their own land and I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel and the ravines and all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel. I will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land and there they will feed in a rich pasture. That's what we're doing now. We're feeding, we're feeding, we're feeding the people, the the good sheep of his pasture, the word of God, the, the, the word of God. 15, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong, the proud ones, this means, I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. It's a house of love. But its foundation is faith and coming to my last strong point i want to tell you i'd like to encourage you inform you share with you passionately plead with you how to build your life and how this church is constructed and i call it a house of love a house of faith in fact it is a house of love but its foundation is a house of faith. Okay, so we need to live by faith, you know that. Two statements Jesus made. One, Matthew 9:26, with God all things are possible. We need to understand this powerful short word called faith. We just need to we need to understand this. This will have if you can understand it, live by it assimilate it in in your heart of hearts, you'll be able to pass it down through the next generations. So two statements Jesus made. With God, all things are possible. You've heard the scripture, have you not? Second, Matthew Mark 23 says, all things are possible to him who believes. So the first one is about God and the second one is about you believing in God. So in practical terms, it's a bit like this. It means that through faith, the things that are possible to God are made equally possible to one who believes. Hence, C3 Tugra, its land, its building, and its testimony of 22 years of how God provided and has given us this, this inheritance that he said was a promise to us. Faith is the channel that makes God's possibilities available to us. Through faith, all that is possible to God becomes equally possible to us. No wonder that from beginning to end, the Bible consistently, constantly emphasizes this small word called faith. Your faith defines who you are. I'm not sure if they can PowerPoint these statements, but it says You are a child of God created for divine purpose and destiny. Next, understanding who you are and why you're here leads to faith. Your greatest challenge in life will be realizing I'm saved, but now he's calling me to live by faith every day, to please him. You cannot please God without faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. You cannot please God unless you make every decision by faith. Unless you eat by faith. Can I ask you something? Do you eat by faith? Have you really got a lot of faith for that half a chocolate cake that it's going to be good for you? (laughs) See, I, I think it comes down to everything. Have you got faith to drive that car at that speed? When you put your trust and hope in God, your faith will increase and move mountains. Faith is like a house. It must be built on strong foundations if it is going to stand the tests of storms. Matthew 7, 24. And basically, before I go there, that's why we talked about the powerful truth about tithing. Meaning, it is a powerful kingdom practice that points to an eternal kingdom principles. Matthew seven twenty four. you know the scripture, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock, on the foundation of faith. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. The car kept on breaking down, the washing machine was blowing up, there's never enough money, stuff is happening, I've been ripped off, whatever, whatever. And it fell, and great was its fall. The foundation that we're talking about is the Word of God. That's why I talked about we threw a Bible into the foundations of this church, because the foundations of this church is the Word of God. It's faith. The best part about this truth is that the Word of God will never fail. It's 100% successful. Solomon knew the power of God's promises He saw the Lord keep his word to his father, King David, with the completion of the temple, Israel's house of faith in Jerusalem. Solomon declared at its dedication, praise be to the Lord. This is in 1 Kings 8.56. Praise be to the Lord. This is at the dedication of Solomon after he built the temple, and he declares this over the house. He says, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed Of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses, God's own word, his promises to the children of Israel became the foundation of that temple. And can I say this? It's the foundation of your life. In Hebrews 11, the Hebrew Bible describes faith as, in the Amplified Version, the title deed of the things that we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. When you've got the deed of the house, someone can be standing on the veranda and saying, you can't come in, but if you've got the deed, you can ask them to politely move aside, I need to come in, because you've got the title deed. Is that right? When you've got the title deed that has been substantiated by faith, you can tell that sickness what to do with it, Lily. You can tell your circumstance where to go. You can tell that debt where to go. When you've got the title deed, the title deed, the title deed. That which says to you, you are confident because the Bible says exactly what it says. Faith will give you all the assurance you will ever need in this life to take what is yours according to what the Word of God says. If you build your faith, your title deed on God's Word, it won't matter if the devil hits your body, attacks your finances, or tries to steal your peace, you can kick the enemy off your property. Can I hear an amen? Because you are the rightful owner of that property. So we need to do this as I finish up. We need to build our house, our personal spiritual house, on the foundation of faith. So build the house of faith and move in. We've moved in to our house of faith. I have a house of faith. I have moved in to my personal house by what Jesus has said to me. 2 Peter 1.3 says, Everything we need for life and godliness is through our knowledge of Him. It's all about an acknowledgement, but a knowledge of Jesus. The title deed enables us to claim our property. It belongs to us. This church belongs to the Lord. We laid claim to it by the word of God, by the foundation of faith that we have in him. Can I do this? Can I challenge you to take the Lord at his word in your stewardship? of your resources, of your time, your talent, your treasure. Trust God. The Bible says in Malachi, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the windows of heaven and bless you abundantly, magnificently, and I will rebuke the devourer for his name's sake. Father in heaven, I believe it's time for us to prosper. Some of us have been challenged in our finances to not believe anymore, to have no expectation for the future, of a better future, a preferred future. But God says He's given you time and space and He's given you faith to lay hold of your time and space And to multiply it, it's in your DNA to multiply that which He's given you, as it says in Genesis. I'm giving you a garden, Adam. I want you to cultivate it. I want you to multiply it. I want you to stretch it out. Don't eat from that tree of good and evil. Don't eat. Don't do that. Don't partake of that knowledge of Google. Don't partake of that doubt. Don't partake of that controversy. Don't partake of that gossip. Partake of the tree of life, yes. But one tree you are not to partake of is the tree of good and evil. Always be careful when you're sent into a spin of being sucked into controversy and conspiracies about your God and about stewardship unto Him. Oh, the tithe is not for today. Well, friend. when when it's contrary to every great man and woman of God on the planet, you've got to really ask yourself the question, is what I'm thinking really true? Does the tithe belong to the Lord or doesn't it? Is it the first fruits that I am to give unto the Lord or not? Is it a law It was before the law, it was during the law, it was after the law, and now it's in this time of grace that God says, God says, we are his. And God says, I'm calling you with the same DNA that I gave Adam and Eve to multiply, to prosper that which I give you. Not to bury it, not to hide it, not to get stingy with it, but trust God that it's a seed that you can support vision, that you can support the gospel, and that as you do, God will give it back to you. The measure you use, pressed down, shaken together, runneth over. And men, can I tell you, I know your DNA. I know your DNA is to protect. I must protect my family. I must protect my wife. I must take every bit of available resource that I have and I must use it as a defensive weapon against the world that's trying to steal me, steal from me. And I can do that through my security called money. Don't do that. Allow the supernatural power of God to protect you, preserve you and do what is required of you in your giving and trust God men I tell you what I'd rather have God protecting my children and my wife rather than me trying to every moment of the day is that right because I can't be with Julie every moment of the day but I know as she drives away in the car the Bible says and I will rebuke the devourer for my name's sake from trying to touch my wife trying to hurt her and that's why we do what we do as kingdom of God believers we trust God with the vision that he has for our life. We trust God, what he's doing on the face of the earth to bring people to a place of trusting him and allowing him to figure in their physical life, in all their life. So Father, right now, I thank you for the people that for this whole year have been generous and been absolutely magnificent in their contribution and their support and their heart Vision has a heart. They've had heart for this house. They have a heart for the house. We've made space, Lord, just like the Garden of Eden was given to Adam and Eve. You've provided this space. Lord, we are thankful for it. And we will nurture it. We will extend it. We will multiply it. And we will thank you for it for all the days that you have given us a space of your presence, a space of your pasture, of your love. Father, we thank you. and We bless you that we can be a a partner with you, a co-laborer with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.